a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast with Alex Martin. Thank you for listening. Troll Train, in-depth career look. With Troll Train, Alex Martin. Uh, thank you, Fly Racing, flyracing.com. Please check them out on the web. Go to your local dealer. Go to your favorite e-tailer. Check out what the folks from Fly Racing have going for 2021. They've got an all-new light pan redesigned with uh, BOA construction. They've got a new Formula helmet, Formula CC. Same great safety features, just a little less money for you. And, uh, yeah, a lot of things going on with the folks at Fly Racing. Zach Osborne, we're in Fly Racing and dominating the 450 Nationals right now. And that is not a coincidence, everybody. So thank you to Fly Racing for coming on this show. And and uh, please support their line, support their gear. They've got stuff for everybody. They've got the heavy-duty off-road stuff. They've got the light mesh stuff. They've got uh, uh, some light stuff. Uh, they've got a lot of things that you'll need uh, no matter what kind of riding you do. They'll dial you in. Thank you to Maxis Tires as well, the official tires of Justin Rodbell uh, of the SGB Kawasaki team. Maxis Tires, uh, please check them out uh, on the web or at your local dealer. They've got great tires. They've got that scoop tire that everybody's using right now for Maxis. They've got MXSTs developed by McGrath. They've got the Minion mountain bike tire uh, line as well as Asego. Asego? Asego? I don't know how you say it, but it works really well. Uh, Maxis.com for more information on that. And Renthal, of course, the undisputed global leader in manufacturing design since 1969. Renthal has become notorious for a relentless obsession to detail and quality through their commitment to produce the finest products on the market today. With a history full of innovation and engineering and legendary component reliability, Renthal is universally regarded as the most trusted brand in the pro paddock. They have more. They have more titles than all the other brands combined rental.com the fat bar 36 is the newest uh for those guys and uh please check them out fraction of a second a few grams a couple of millimeters it all counts welcome to the winning world of rental and uh, rental.com for more information so all right thanks for listening i appreciate it let's get into myself and alex martin in an undisclosed location in south bend indiana in betweens red bud one and red bud two as promised, everybody, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, uh, one of my favorite riders, the guy uh, that I cheer for a lot, and uh, I'm glad to have him here. We are deep in an undisclosed location in South Bend, Indiana, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, brought to you by Maxis and Renthal. It's JGR Suzuki's Alex Martin. Troll Train, what's up, man? How are you? Uh, just chilling, Steve. Thanks we're, for coming uh, in. Yeah can, yeah, we, can we say that we're just chilling? Um, I mean... You maybe you can't because then if you don't do well at Red Bud Two, everyone will be like, "Oh, he was chilling and he doesn't care," and you know how yeah. fans are, right? Yeah, we're just chilling right. in South Bend. Right. It's a rainy day. Yeah, um, we're gonna go racing Monday, so we're yeah, just, yeah, hanging out. Um, two races in four days. How's how's that? How's that gonna be? Do you think we haven't? Obviously, this is after Red Bud One. Um, how's it gonna be for you? You know, 
this year is just nuts. It's just crazy. I mean, it's like we've totally just knocked the ball out of what's normal. Yeah. Um, in terms of like having two red buds back to back, like racing in Utah for a month straight. Right. Um, you know, so I, I think it's 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 exciting. Um, yep. I'm looking forward to racing red bud twice in one year, especially this back to back. I think it really becomes a a physical there's a big physical aspect of it just recovery there's been a lot of emphasis on recovery the last couple of days i was definitely uh you know looking around the south bend area for some massage parlors to yeah. hit up and uh everything was like sold out actually except for this janky asian <laughs> massage place and funny enough uh my brother and i we went to two different places but they had on the on the wall it said Dear customer, we apologize for the inconvenience, but we do not offer sexual acts of service. No way. I swear to you. It said that on the wall. We apologize. I know. I was like, wow. You're like, no, seriously, I just want a massage. Like, yeah. for real. Like, not like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. Some of the guys I talked to, um, and one of them just won the 450 class this the other day. No big deal. He, he said, and, and many guys have said, with the cool weather, and the track wasn't a typical red bud. He didn't think Monday would benefit a guy like him or you or another guy that's in great shape. You know what I mean? Like they didn't think it would be a massive benefit. He thinks that even the guys that aren't in great shape will be okay. I think he's downplaying it a little bit because okay. I think you just from a, from a physiological aspect, right? You neuromuscular uh, the fatigue is still there. Yeah. You know, you're going to get that for sure. I mean, we we really I think the whole pro pits benefited from not hopping on an airplane yeah yesterday yeah um that was big just because i think i've noticed i usually am fine when i wake up say sunday morning after a race but then by the time i get home after i've been on the flight all day yeah and you're eating kind of shitty airport food or mm -hmm. whatever you usually feel it then so we definitely benefited from that like i was able to get a massage and yeah. you know i was throwing on the normatech boots and just trying to pull out any recovery tricks i could yeah because um, i mean it is really all about having only 48 hours to get back on the on the horse i guess yeah. monday you know that's a big part of it and i think maybe you're a little bit smarter than the average rider you, from what i understand uh fitness and uh body breakdown and, and what goes on physiology physiology in your body you you're into that you read about it you studied it a little bit like this is kind of a little bit of a hobby of yours right yeah definitely for sure i've read a, a lot of books over the years and then uh actually last last I guess it was my first year on JGR. I took a strength and conditioning course through the International Sports Science Association. Uh -huh. And, I mean, that was a pretty big textbook and, and quizzes and, and stuff that came with that. And um, just, try, I guess, trying to further my own knowledge base sure, and, and yeah. understand the human body and how it works. And I for sure learned a fair amount there. More so it was based towards in the gym, strength yep. and conditioning, yep. which um, I feel like I've read up and am pretty knowledgeable on cardio, you know, and aerobic yeah. training, yep. things like that. But it was it was fun to learn the strength side of it too, you know, yep. and that's, that's just, just as big of an important, um, you know, component to training as, mm -hmm. as cardio is for yep. motocross especially. Yeah, you, you're one of the harder trainers. I think you enjoy it yourself, John Wesling. We just did an article, uh, Clinton Fowler worked with John. We put up your heart rates from Loretta's too and the different things that happened during the race. It was really interesting to read. Uh, it's on pulpamex.com. Um, you know, you can see the heart rate when you fall, when you get up, you know what I mean? Like all of this stuff. And yeah. one thing I took away from it was making mistakes in the motos, even if you don't crash or whatever, really b can bite you later on. Like just spiking a heart rate, just having, you know, tr in traffic, having hectic situations wears you down. 
Yeah, I mean that guy. That was impressive. I mean, he he took the heart rate data from my polar yeah. uh, my polar flow account and analyzed it down to like I couldn't believe it. Like he was he had stats like every lap through the Ten Commandments. Yeah, my heart rate would go up four beats. Yeah, uh, I mean, and then I would recover in the back section like around Storyland. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I've always wondered that because like I'll look at my data, say for just even during a thirty-five minute moto during yeah. the week at Moto Sandbox, and right. there's always like these little up and downs. But you don't really ever correlate that with a specific area of the track. You yeah, know, like, say, yeah. at Millville, the sand rollers probably yeah, yeah. spike there. And then yep. you maybe recover over the Chattapult or something like that. Um, but it's pretty cool to, to use that. I don't really necessarily know how I would use that for to further maybe better my training. No. Maybe breathing in those areas it, a little bit more. But I think, uh, for example, a ride like Osborne had where he gets a whole shot and he takes off and he has a nice, comfy four to five second lead versus... Uh, a sixth place start and work to the front and win by four or five seconds. One is going to, if you, this is, if you do this in the first moto, one is going to help you for the second moto and one is not. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, that's what I kind of took away from it. Like, just ease of heart rate, uh, however oh, that for is. sure. Yeah. And, like, if you were to compare Zach Osborne's day where he had two great hole shots yeah. on Friday at Red Bud versus a Dylan Ferrandez who was crashing coming from the back. Yeah. Like, Dylan expended, for sure, like 200% more energy yeah. than Zach yeah. did. Yeah. Or even my brother, for example. Yep, yep. You know, so that... and. Say you have a first turn crash in the first moto and you're coming from dead last up to third. For that second moto, you're for sure going to be a little bit more fried yep. and fatigued than you would be if you would a whole shot and just let every lap. Yep. Barsha too, uh, although maybe I think with the way he rides, he's just going to spike all the time anyways. Yeah, <laughs> some riders have a lot of energy they just want to throw away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not you. Um, Redbud, you were, ran third most of that second moto. Dylan got you late. Uh, but overall, a good day for you. You're third in the points. Uh, we are four rounds down. You lost some points to to to, to that guy, Jeremy. But overall, I mean, um, you're happy with the with the year? How's it going? The nationals? Yeah. So going back to that uh, second moto there, that's one of those things where you can have all the fitness in the world. You can train. You can do your yeah. motos, gym, cardio. Um, but there's a certain aspect of motocross, and this is what I love about it, is line choices, race craft. Yeah. Um, for me, looking at the lines that Dylan was using in that second moto, it's like if I would have been on the inside on that downhill, um, I didn't realize it until I watched the mo- the footage after the race, how smooth that line was, yeah. you know, and I, that would have probably saved me, you know, 10 grand and third overall. <laughs> <laughs> so like for sure kicking myself when I yeah. came back and watched the TV footage, but yep. um, yeah, all in all. And he got you so late, you couldn't see it. You know I know. I mean? like, like if you'd get you at some point, you'd be like, because how many times does that happen where a guy gets you? You're like, oh shit. Like, you yeah. know, especially in a second moto yeah. when the national tracks are so rough. There are sometimes some sneaky good lines. Yeah. And afterwards, I was at the podium. And I was talking to RJ, and I was like, dude, the guy passed me down a straightaway. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I'm wide open. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, like, obviously, his line yeah. was straighter to the corner, yep. and it was smoother and stuff like that. And RJ's like, well, yeah, dude, he jumped over me on the leap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so he did. So he could relate. Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, all in all, like, it's uh, it's been a solid season for yep. sure. Um, I've... I definitely am a little frustrated. I feel like we should have been on the podium a little bit more, be up there a little more often. Uh-huh. I feel like we've made a fair amount of mistakes. Um, starts could be better. Yep. I just feel like coming in, we were very prepared, and and I would like to be a little bit more competitive in this championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong; I'm happy to be third and yep. to be you know representing the JJR Suzuki guys. But I I feel like we have more in the tank. You gave a little bit of a speech uh, the other day. Um, uh, I don't know if it was with Weege or it's a press conference or where he got it from, but Maybe it was a Zoom call or something. Pull that microphone a little bit closer to your mouth. Just pull it up. There you go. Um, you were kind of saying, like, look, I get the internet guys about Suzuki, and I get the internet guys about JGR. M- my checks come on time. My bike is good. 
uh, you know, you jumped the leap, which I was very excited about because mm-hmm. last year we had a bit of a beef, you and I, about the leap. Um, low key, low key, yeah. Uh, so you know, you you kind of defended your bike, your team, and your sit third. And I mean, you know, is it as good? Is it as fast as a Star Yamaha? No, it's not. But uh, you know, you I like that, that you, you kind of said, "Hey, man, hey, all you internet guys, yeah, I got a Kickstarter, but here's the deal." And I like that you you, you kind of you know you said something there. Yeah, I don't. For whatever reason, uh, you know, a lot of people like to hammer on Suzuki, no Kickstarter stuff like that. And you, we yeah. saw at the Mud Race at Loretta's where the electric start, like actually, and I don't think anybody knew that that was a thing. Maybe in Mud Races, electric start doesn't start as well. Yeah, the, the trusty Kickstarter usually is right. pretty pretty solid. But I mean, don't get me wrong, I love to have electric start too. And yes. you know, hopefully one day we get that. But. Um, you know, I feel like the JJR guys have done a great job with the Suzuki, and um, you know, over it's a relatively new bike came yeah. out in 2019, and um, I just think the fact that I jumped the leap, I feel like that's kind of a turning point. Okay, yeah, yeah. For the Suzuki for, 250 engine program, I think Drake did it, and other than that, you're the only non-star Yamaha to do it. Yeah, like, I believe. Yeah, and I, to be honest, it was pretty easy jumping the leap. Like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, you like, got it easy, yeah. Yeah, like, I overshot it one time, and I was like, dang, if I would have been doing this the whole moto, because I got to a point in the Talk about heart moto, rate, too. That's a nice place to rest. Oh, big yeah, rest yeah, spot. Yeah. You got about 19 <laughs> seconds in the air. But I got to a point where one, I was up to McElrath. I got pretty close to him, and he got me, like, three or four seconds mm-hmm. just doing the leap, and I wasn't. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I cannot afford to keep doing this if I yeah. want to be podium this moto. So I just ended up kind of like a do-or-die situation yeah, yeah. and ended up making it pretty good. Um, God, that's got to be kind of gnarly, though, the first time. Yeah. You know, you're just like, oh, God. I was actually thinking about it. So I've, I've, I used to come to Redbud as an amateur, and my yeah. dad would always help out with Tim Ritchie. We'd be parking Tim's backyard, yeah, and yeah. then I would race. Like, I remember racing uh, the night race against Nico Izzy oh, yeah, at yeah. Super Minis, yeah, you know, yeah. like <laughs> – um, but I, the first time I ever jumped a leap was 2008, a class, uh, on my 450, never jumped on the 250. Yeah. So like, I've been jumping the leap for 12 years now Yeah, yeah. for the most part. There's maybe <laughs> been a few years where I haven't, yeah. um, but it's like, I was thinking like, it doesn't get any less intimidating. Like it still scares the shit out of me. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, even yeah. 12 years yeah. on, like it's a big jump, big commitment, but I rode Redbud one time and I just doubled it obviously. And yeah, I could see it though. You're coming up and you're, there's nothing but sky and lip. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I could totally see where you'd be like, oh, God. Yeah, it's yeah. the definition of a blind jump. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, no, I feel like that's a pretty pivotal point for, like, a Suzuki engine program. Sure. To the fact that you're jumping the leap. Yep. I mean, I know I'm a little guy and stuff, but it's it's still, like, yeah. at, at that point, literally, there might have been, like, one PC guy that tried it. I think mm-hmm. he cased it. One KTM guy. Yeah. Other than that, like, Harrison, it was just a Harrison star. He almost died on it, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what I heard, so... I mean, I think it, like Jeremy went one one, not jumping it, but yep. at the same time, it's one of Redbud. The leap, the Rocco's leap, is like one of those jumps where, like, if you do it, you're like, okay, that 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 bike's pretty good. Yeah, so. yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, Dean Baker, the horsepower maker, making things happen over yeah. there. Uh, yeah, and exactly the JGR guys. We know they've struggled a little bit with with, with funding. Um, they've had, you know, and I feel bad for them because you know they go out and they take a swing at James, and that didn't work. Or they take a swing with Barsha, that didn't really work. And, you know, Weston Pike was supposed to be their guy, and he had a career-ending injury. Uh, Joey, they go out and they signed Joey, who who literally ran podium speed, got starts, had a really good year at Cowie, would have stayed if it wasn't for this kid named Adam. So they go and sign Joey, and that's looking great. And then Joey has suffers, like, a massive injury in Australia. Like, they can't get a break. I, I feel bad for the guys. And I'm one of the guys, too, that has rolled my eyes and said, God, JGR, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um but I do feel bad for them. I legitimately feel bad. They can't seem to catch a break here. 
Yeah, it's frustrating, and you know, you see that on the internet too with people yeah, saying yeah. stuff about JJR. It's like there's always a thread on Vital about JJR. <laughs> like regardless, like is JJR done? Yeah, I mean, that yeah, seems to be yeah. like a very trending topic on on Vital, but because um, well, they don't have a t- they don't have a title sponsor, right? So yeah, it's it's yeah. one of those things where it's like, how much is Coy Gibbs going to want to keep? dumping money in yeah but it's like i mean how long do we have to talk about this for like it's been like five or six years this has been an ongoing thing you know yeah. but we're still here yeah and like i said uh, in that interview like my checks show up every month my, yeah i have engines every 12 hours suspensions getting serviced um yeah. you know so i have all the parts that i need to yep. to do you know 835s a week if i want to yeah. so um yeah it's a great team i i feel very comfortable over there i i Definitely, at this point in my career, it's nice to have an East Coast-based team. Yeah, um, for that's testing. true. Yeah, it's never been, thought of that, right? Testing sure. has been so easy. Yep. I mean, because I'm in Claremont, so I can hop on a plane to Orlando. I can be up to uh, Charlotte, fly out Monday morning, ride Monday, yep. you know, and then come back, fly back Friday um, afternoon, and basically spend the week in Charlotte and come back to my house, yeah. you know. So yep. it's, I never it, thought it of that, right? Convenient. Yeah, that, that'd be really nice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you like their tracks and everything they have up there? Like, would you base yourself up there for a while, or, or do you like, I mean, obviously, Claremont, you're doing your thing, but, you know, the, the original plan, when they came in, was everyone lived in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Bill Saps and everybody, and they all trained there. They went to the gym at JGR, rode the JGR tracks. Is that something you would do? Yeah, I wouldn't mind it for sure. Like I, it's I guess with buying a house in Claremont yeah. now, and my wife has a job, and yeah, I, yeah. I'm riding a motor sandbox, so I've kind of made that my home. But right. if I hadn't done that first um, when I was TLD, yeah. um, I would probably for sure be in Charlotte right now because it's like they have the gym at the NASCAR Cup yeah. shop, the motocross shops there, and Huntersville area is actually really cool. Like uh, yeah. it's just north of Charlotte. That's a really cool area to live. Um, you know, and then the yeah. track obviously they have the Supercross track, the outdoor track. And even the outdoor track, they just, you know, press a button and you can water a sprinkler. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, their, their setup is for sure pretty dialed. Spencer just, just making sure everything's dialed there. Yeah, just, Mr. Spence. Yeah. Yep, he's always on it. So, um, Is there any remnants of Phil still around the team? Oh, everywhere. Everywhere? Yep. Yeah. Number walls, plates. Yeah. Walls in the shop. Yep, uh, yep. A stray toolbox. <laughs> you know, a stand with his number on yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's like you just can't get away from the guy. Can't get, can't get away from yeah. Phil. Um, your contract's up this year. Uh, what do we What do we want to do for next year? You, have they talked to you about re-signing? Uh, rumors are that Suzuki's got a new president, a very aggressive in racing. Some of the COVID stuff have hurt him coming over. Uh, from Japan, from what I hear, uh, also hear that JGR's got this title. Uh, finally, this casino is coming through, or or should be. Um, so I think they'll be around. I think they'll keep going. Do you want to stay there? Have they talked to you? And what do you, what do you want to do? Dude, you were we were you were just hounding me about this two, like two weeks ago on the podcast. Oh, on show. the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You just can't let let it die. Um, well, this is the stuff that fans want to know. It's a topic. No, fans love it, dude. Yeah. Honestly, silly season stuff. Whoever it is, uh, when you look at my podcast, when you look at uh, posts, uh, all that stuff, it gets lots of traction. So Yeah. Well, unfortunately, Steve, since we just talked about it two weeks ago, like not even, maybe a week ago, not, nothing's really happened since then. Yep. I mean, in terms of like I would still still have the same intentions. I'd love to stay with the team, yep. JJR Suzuki. Um, you know, there's a lot going on right now with the CEO of Japan coming over. There's meetings. There's talk of next year. They're planning budget stuff. Yep. The Cherokee Indian thing, that's still in the works for sure. So, um, you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. I would like to stay there. I just feel like. Uh, have they said anything to you about like, hey, we want you here if we have everything lined up? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so they've indicated. Yep. That if they can get everything going, they would want you back. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, yeah, that for sure we've talked about that. And yep. I mean, even J-Bone the other day was like, he was talking about uh, having maybe the, the vlog thing become a little bit more oh, yeah. prominent next yep. year or whatever. They're like paying for the guy to come to the races. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah, you like to yeah. Yeah. 
you know, and I think that actually that has done a lot for making the team look good and the, the atmosphere trade, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 and even Suzuki, like good press, you know, because mm-hmm. you like with YouTube, you can kind of see a little bit more of the behind the scenes yeah. action, whereas yeah. like Instagram is just a picture. Yep, you know, and there's actually that like last year when I was kind of struggling getting the Suzuki figured out midway through the season, like mm-hmm. people were r- ruthless. <laughs> They were ruthless on Instagram. I was like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. guys, I'm trying. Like, yeah. I may suck right now, but it's not for lack of effort. Right. Like, we're all, as a team unit, we're trying to yes. work, you know. Of course. And yeah. obviously, this year, it's looking a lot better. But at least on YouTube, people are like, hey, man, you know, you're trying. Give it your best. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah they've come around a little bit, like They're you less said. Inclined because, yeah, to talk shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully it works out and you can stay there. Um, mm. you know? well, and that's what I was going to yeah. say earlier is just – between being Rock River and 15, uh, one year at Star, two yep. years at TLD, you know, it's, I think there's a lot to be said about, like, Zacco being on the same team, same bike, yeah. not changing suspension, like, at, I think at Loretta's, he maybe changed two clicks in the forks or something, yeah. I heard him yeah, saying. Yeah, that's so, what he said, yeah. You know, when you can get to a point where you're just riding, and you're just training, and you're not trying to figure out the chassis, and, and all this, the geometry of the bike, or, right, f- right. you know, rebound, and all that stuff, and you can just ride the bike, and just focus on training, that goes a long way. Yeah. And for me, that's why I would like to kind of stay with the same bike, same team, just so that I can build, you know, and maybe work on myself as a rider instead of scratching my brain on how to yeah. make the bike better. Yeah. You, know? um, you were working with Lucas Myrtle, buddy of ours, agent. Um, I understand that, you know, nothing bad happened, but he, you know, he just said, hey, you know, you're going to do your own deal. And or you came to him and said, I want to do my own deal. Uh, is that added pressure? Is that, I mean, you're, you're an older guy, you're smarter, you know, you've been in the industry a long time, so you don't necessarily need an agent per se, but... Um, you know, now you have to make some phone calls or texts or whatever. So mm-hmm. that adds a little bit more to your plate. But uh, then again, you're not paying an agent. So I guess that's the uh, that's the positive side. Yeah. And, you know, I I like Mertz. I consider him a friend still yeah. to this day. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like, all right, man, like I'm in the later stages of my career, twilight stages, if you will. And I have all the numbers. I have all the team managers' numbers, yep. you know, and yep. kind of becomes you. A, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's yeah. like you you get to a point where you kind of want to forge those personal relationships with these people. Yep. You know, like I think a guy like Mitch, or um, they they appreciate when you reach out and you're talking to them on a personal level versus you, you being the middleman more or less. Yeah. And they're always communicating with the agent. So, and I know the going rates. You know, I know what 250 guys are getting paid and yep. 450 guys. So it's like you kind of want to. A certain part of me is like, well, you kind of got to grow up at some point in time yeah. and handle your own business. Yep. You know, um, there's a football player. I think is it Sherman, Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman. Yeah. He does. Uh, yeah, he does his own deal. Yeah, yeah. And I actually watched an interview and he's talking about it, and it's like yeah. he he makes a good point where you you kind of have to grow up. Yeah. And like all the numbers are out there. You know, if you're willing to do the research and do the work, you can figure out like what the rates are and so. Yeah. And, and he, it's a good point, honestly. Yeah. No. So yeah, it's just a little bit more to your plate, though, outside of riding and training. But mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's you know, you have time in the day. It's not like you know. That's what I always like under don't understand about or what I wish the fans would understand. Like, you get up in the morning as a rider, okay? You go do a couple of thirties. That's an hour. Uh, with the rest time in between, let's say it's that's two hours to do a couple of 30s in the whole day. So now it's 10 a.m. or 11 a.m. Now mm-hmm. you go to the gym on a bicycle ride. That's an hour, hour and a half. That's now noon or one, right? Mm-hmm. And you still have three to four hours before dinner time. And this is where, like, Adam... Adam said that people were getting on him about, oh, you're not dedicated to your vlog or you're too dedicated <laughs> to your vlog than riding and training, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But it's like what people don't understand is, like, Physically, you guys are working pretty hard, but it's only four to five hours of work a day 
if that, sometimes it's recovery days, sometimes you're not doing anything. You have plenty of time to make calls to teams or make a vlog or whatever to not quote unquote distract you away. I just, mm-hmm. the fans don't get that. I don't think, I don't think they understand that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't be mad at you for saying that because you're right. Um, like if you look at other professions, like say teachers or yeah, you're going uh, I mean, for eight hour day. Yeah, like yeah. you read a Runner's World magazine and you see this teacher's doing a hundred mile weeks and she's also teaching full time in right. a classroom. Yeah, it's like what's my excuse? <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, I'm training three times a day. We'll normally do a warm up yep. before we go to the track. I'm at the track from say nine thirty to two. I come back and I'll do a gym or something in the afternoon as well. So you're training yep. three times a day. But um, I where I notice it gets tough is Supercross. With the cooler temperatures, yeah, the you can do the volume and the intensity. It's not so bad, but when you're doing like two thirty-five minute motos and one hundred and ten to one hundred and fifteen degree heat in Florida, humidity, yeah. yeah, you know, I get back and I I just don't want to do anything. Yeah, like yeah. I literally you're on the couch. Yeah, yeah, like I'm smoked, and it's not even necessarily. It's just the heat. Yeah. It's sapping. Right. You know, and actually, the best thing was uh, like about a month ago, my wife. She did a, like a pretty good running interval workout because yeah. I've been designing kind of, she's been doing like 30 to 35 miles a week running okay. and she's done like five marathons. So wow. like she's a pretty good yeah. runner, yep. but she kind of got like borderline heat exhaustion for a workout. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, I maybe went a little too hard on her intervals <laughs> that day and she got back and she was like smoked and just worthless the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, and yeah. She finally was like. I now I now know how you feel after right, your right. you know your moto day on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's insane when you think about it because sometimes you just want to lay on the couch and just be. And honestly, not to put myself in your shoes, but I've had those days on the mountain bike where I've gone gone two and a half hours and in the heat, and I've come home and I've had stuff to do, and I just I'm just laying, on, I'm just done, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't I, I can't move, I can't really get into it, I can't really think straight. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I I kind of understand that. I'm not putting what myself. What you need to on, do is just jump in an ice bath. Oh really? Yeah, you have to move. That's done. That's done wonders for me. You know, an ice bath. When you kind of get to that point where you're melting a yeah, little bit, yeah, you're yeah, smoked, yeah. and yeah, just it almost just kind of like shocks your system, gives you a little adrenaline rush, oh, okay. and you can get back after. I'll it. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, hey, I don't think uh, obviously you've been at JGR for two years, right? Two mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Um, the TLD thing for you, I think they wanted to keep you. I think they liked you. Everything else, they had these amateurs coming up that kind of pushed you out. And a couple of them are gone that were there, um, and, and they're working on a couple more that haven't worked out. Um, and it's it, it's just it's a it's a definitely a subject that I'm passionate about because I think these teams are so looking so busy looking at 13 and 14 year olds that have better bikes than everybody they line up, so they're going to have better results than they line up. But as a real pro, like when you get into the what people do for a living with with men that race like yourself, they can't necessarily you know compete, and and it's early. But Jalik Swole and Styles Robertson don't look like they're going to set the world on fire either. It's early, so I'm not I'm not judging them. But, but anyways, you were forced out of there by these kids. Um, you you got to have a feeling about that. And 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 you know I, I I don't know if our industry understands it quite yet. I, they're just so focused on the next possible amazing kid that they're not looking at a guy like Alex Martin or Chisholm. Back mm-hmm. in the day, I was an advocate for Kyle. Now he's older now. He's getting near the end, but. Okay, like, look, yeah, Kyle Chisholm isn't going to be Justin Barsha, but he is going to be a uh, top 10 guy for you, you yeah. know, back then. And you are the same way. Alex Martin may not just take off and win Supercross races and Nationals for you, but he is going to be a solid professional mm-hmm. and be in the top five and all that. And I just feel like guys like you get pushed out, and we saw it. And, and so, yeah. yeah. No, so this is actually a topic that 
kind of pisses me off. Okay, good. Because it pisses I'm, me off too. I'm very <laughs> passionate about this because, yeah, like I've I've heard from like Roger Coster. He just said that like he's only interested in hiring you know young kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, you have a four rider team. You don't want to have one guy, yeah, one older veteran on the team that you can kind of rely on for the results. Like you're just gonna yeah. have four or five guys that are 18, 17 years old, right? And I just I firmly disagree with it. Yeah. Um, because if you look at an American, this isn't GPs. There's no age limit. Yeah. You know, yeah. but 23 over yeah. there. Is that what yeah. it is? Yep. Um, there's no age limit. This is the pro pro class, 250 pros, 450 pros. And when you have no age limit, you basically just need to realize that, I mean, if you look at the top 10 right now, I mean, Ferrandis, my brother, yeah. me, Shane, yeah. like RJ. Are, RJ, yep. like these are all guys that are in their like mid to late twenties, yep. you know, and even in the 450 class, I think we're seeing a shift in just older riders in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I haven't gotten near as much flack as, as Davalos, right? You know, right, for like right. you're, you're sandbagging in the 250 class, um, but like in order to ride the 450 class, you need to be a multi-time champion. I mean, my brother's won two championships, and yep. he's still in the 250 class. A little Jason. different, though, with your brother. He, he was literally had a he was on track and then got that bad injury. No, you know for sure, I mean? so, for sure. Yeah. But if you look at everyone in the last like five, six years yeah. that's had a 450 ride, like even Tickle, like he, right. he won a Supercross championship. You had that's and that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, it's not easy to win a championship, and there's literally only like one guy a year that can that, that can get that factory ride. So for me. It, I've made a good living and career being in the 250 class, doing what I can do, and somewhat sucking enough in Supercross to where I'm not staying pointed <laughs> down, right? Yeah. But, like, I just don't understand the concept of, like, why they keep hiring these younger kids. Like, for sure, you need to reinvest yes. in the sport and keep it going. But I just don't understand why you're going to have four out of four uh, guys be I mean, young versus not having one older guy. Think about the resources. And now, look, if you have a Barsha, Stu, Alessi, if you have one of these kids, uh, um, uh, um, uh, Tomac even, then I get it. Push them through, develop them, give them all the money because they're elite talents. They are special, special riders. I understand that. But when you look at some of the kids that have come up and they've had so much money dumped into them since they were amateurs and they, they had three-year, four-year deals that led them right into pro trucks and they're nothing special. They're good riders. Don't get me wrong. They're good riders, but you're throwing away an Alex Martin or you're throwing away a Kyle Chisholm or you're throwing away, uh, you know, whatever co- else comes to mind. That, that, that Somebody who's A, professional, B, gets good results, C, uh, um, represents your team well and your sponsors well, and you're throwing these guys away for a chance at a kid that you thought years ago was special and isn't. We're kind of stuck in this thing where it's like, I don't understand some of these teams thinking. I don't understand where they're 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 promising these kids all these things. Yeah, and they're not. Adam was elite. And Adam, see, Adam signed a five year deal. That's right. I mean, that's re- and that pays off every yeah, once in a while. But there's been a sure. lot of younger kids yeah. that have come through the system that yeah. just haven't quite caught the mustard. Yeah, and I'm okay, I'm totally a proponent of taking the the next generation and having one or two kids in each class in each team. Yeah, and and like supporting those kids for a few years. I mean, you, you can't just give them one year deal. They yeah. need at least two or three yeah. years if yeah. you're really uh, going to commit to these guys. Especially if you've invested in them in the amateurs, that yeah. you can't just throw them away after one right. year. Right, but you yeah. have to keep the talent flowing. I agree with that, but I just think it's like there's room on each of these teams for at least one older yeah. guy. Yeah, you know, and with KTM for example, that's a very young team, and. Yeah, I mean, how many times are you just going to have guys that just don't work out before yeah. you figure it out? I, I don't know. I'm with you. you. Know? I'm with you. It's a little frustrating for me as a as a guy because I, obviously, look, I'm a Troll Train fan. So, you know, mm-hmm. you know from social media and, 
and podcasts and everything else. I, I like your story. You were a total privateer. You survived 1110. You know, you've worked yourself, you're, you work hard, you're professional, and you've worked yourself into this podium guy. And so I really like the story that you've, that you've built. So I'm biased, obviously, towards you, but why a TLD KTM would just be like, yeah, hey, we like them, but we got no room for them. Mm-hmm. For these kids, I'm just like the bad move, you guys. That's, 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 not, smart mo- that's not a smart move. You know? Yeah. So. I mean, I, two years later, I'm still scratching my head over that one. Yeah. But yeah. I like to think that I ended up in a better place, yeah. um, you know, for me. Right. And it allowed myself to, to grow in, in, as a rider and as a, you know, a person, I guess, yeah. grow. Uh, Fly Racing, RacerX podcast with Alex Martin brought to you by uh, Renthal, Renthal.com. Grab Life by the Bars and uh, Max's Tires, official tire of Justin Rodbell. I used to say the official tire of, of Alex Ray. But I can't because Rod Bell's crushing it, and A-Ray's really on Struggle Street right now. Mm-hmm. So I can't really say that. So Justin Rod Bell uses Max's tires, everybody. Max's.com. Uh, Racetech as well. Pulp 20 code to save with, with Racetech.com. Get your motor work done. Get your suspension work serviced or whatever. They can dial you in. Uh, and also, to Fly Racing, as I said, uh, Alex Martin, once wearing Fly Racing. And that's why I don't understand why JT's not on the troll train. I keep, I keep wondering why it's going on. And I mean, you used to wear Fly, you wore fly for years. Yeah, 09 to 2015. Six years. Six, longer than I even thought. Come on, JT. Like, get on the straight. troll train, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, anyways. Uh, so, getting back to that. So, we talked about your... Do you need to get that? You want, you want to... No. I can no. pause it. Okay. No, you're good. Um, getting back to the TLD thing. So, you you were under the Alden Baker program. Not with Alden, but with uh, Rattray at, uh, at the Sandbox. You didn't like it. And, and it didn't work out for you. And I... Look, and we had Alden on the show, and I like Alden. And there's no, there's no uh, doubting Alden's success with his guys, and you can't, you can't mistake that. But when you look at the failures that the other team has had with their kids and their the things, and and, and Rarick and Mike Brown are there now, and they're good dudes. Um, but I wonder a little bit if, like you were saying, like they they take a they take a um, a program that works for uh, the 450 champions, and then they apply to these kids. And maybe that's not the right thing to do at that age because everybody's different. You know what I mean? Everybody wants to do different things. You were older. Uh, um, I talked to Jordan Bailey who left, you know, a little bit uh, after a team because he just said it wasn't for him. He wanted to – I think he's – did he want to ride more or less? I can't remember what he said. He wanted to ride his dirt bike more or less, one of those things that mm-hmm. the program wasn't letting him do, you know, yep. that he had had success with yeah. his whole career. And I just wonder, uh, Alex, and again, you're smarter than the average guy on this. Are they trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with that program? Not uh, with Alden and his four guys. I just mean. I kind of would like to think I'm looking at it outside of the box. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, every rider has a different bike setup. Uh, so every rider has, or so every human being has fast twitch, a, a percentage of fast twitch muscle fibers, slow twitch muscle fibers, yep. right? Everybody, I think, needs a different diet. Everybody needs a different training program. So like to just have everyone doing the same lap, amount of laps, yep. you know, same motos, the same thing in the gym, the same cardio sessions is a kind of a little bit of insanity to me because mm-hmm. everybody is so uniquely different. Every individual has different needs. Some people need more technique and maybe say they, they benefit from riding corner track a little bit more. Yeah. Like yep. I know Dean Wilson, he likes to do corner track a few days a week. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. There's like, for sure, you need to just man up and do the work. Yes. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Like Zach Osborne is not lucking into going one, one, <laughs> right, like you right. need to man up and do the work. But I also think you need to listen to your body. I think being in Florida in the heat and humidity in the summertime is absolutely draining. It yep. can be very, very tough if you're not very cognizant of, or didn't grow up in that. 
or what you know right right yeah, rj yeah. like he's used to it yeah. he, he doesn't think it's hot we're yeah. Ger- like jeremy and i were in florida we're like dude this sucks like <laughs> when i'm done racing i'm getting the f out of florida yeah, yeah. florida sucks yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah there's just so many like recovery protocols like just making sure you recover coming in the into the weekend like there's a lot that goes into it yep. that the average person doesn't see but like i said everybody is uniquely different and you know some people need to focus more on strength in the gym yep. or some people have like i you know have a little bit more natural muscle mm-hmm. and maybe they need to do more cardio so it's just yeah it's kind of a, a recipe for disaster i think if you're yeah if you're if you're looking for consistent results across the board you can't just have a, a same program yeah for everyone yeah I'm, I'm looking again rarick and brown are good guys and they're friends of mine and everything else but and rattray's a good dude but it wasn't it hasn't worked really when I, all those for all those reasons we just talked about with the tld guys and mm-hmm. husqvarna guys and everything else and i think with alden his four guys he's able to with the you know more hands-on and devote more things to them um could you so anderson just left that program right and he's he left it and, and we know it's very expensive to to, to, to go there and, and pay the money and you're and again i want to ask you this because you're a smarter guy is could anderson and i asked weimer the same question and he didn't think so because he left alden too right but i'll ask you your can you can anderson just leave that program do the exact same stuff that he did with alden the road miles, the, the the monitoring, everything else, and be as successful. To be honest, um, so I I wasn't really sure actually from the outside in, yep. and then I rode with Jason at M eighty three. We rode for like two weeks straight before uh, the first Loretta's. Yep. And so I was riding with Jet and Hunter and and Dean and Chad's Jason. old place. Yep. yep. Chad's old place in Dade City, and seeing Jason like motoring down there, it was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and even when I was at Elton's riding with Jason, he was, he's so fast during yep. the week. It was unbelievable to watch. And same thing at M83. I mean, there was like a Friday where we did two 35s and the second 35, I died. I mean, it was like <laughs> 10 minutes ago, it was like the residual fatigue from yeah. the week. Like it was a yeah, big yeah. volume week for me. And I was really, it was like two weeks before Loretta's and I was really trying to get the most out of, you know, yeah. my body. And I kind of just hit the wall with 10 minutes ago and he was like flawless from the no first problem. lap yeah, yeah. to the last lap. Absolutely flawless. Yeah. You know, and then he was up at, I think, 630 in the morning doing a bike ride. Yep. You know? Yep. So I saw that and I was like, dude, he's on it right now. Yeah. Like, Jason's a real deal. So, right. like, for me, looking at that, like, he doesn't necessarily need, at this point in his career, you know, we all associate maybe Jason with the younger version of him, himself in his I career. I think he likes to put out a... He got benched, he, he, right? Think, yeah, but I think he likes to put out a, a facade of, like... Team fried. I'm not working hard. We're just goofing off. But yeah, he doesn't get those. But no, like without. I mean, yeah. here he's getting up at six thirty to do a bike ride, and then he's driving an hour to M83, and he's doing his thirty fives. Like I'm like, dude, this guy's for yeah. real. Like he's yeah. he's willing to put in the work, and he doesn't need anyone to babysit him. Yep. You know? So can you be successful then if you leave that program and you just do what the program what what you know you did? I mean, Baker? I, yeah, I'd like to think so. Like Eldon hasn't. Eldon's only been around for you know what ten ten uh, years or so. Twenty There's, years tw- has it been twenty years. Yeah, we start working with Ricky like oh one. Yeah, but I mean, regardless, there's people that are winning. Yeah, <laughs> like across the board. Yeah, Tomac. I mean, you know, yeah, that are yeah. not on Elden's yep. program. Yep. You know, and don't get me wrong, like Elden's program definitely works for some yep. people for sure. But like, there's people over in Europe that are winning. He's yeah, not yeah. training guys. Yep. He's not training. Tim no, I, I don't mean. Or I just mean or, like, can you leave a structured program and keep it up? Mm-hmm. I don't even mean in particular in Jason's instance. Like Weimer said, you can't. Like Weimer's like, ah, you start slipping. You don't monitor your blood levels. I think it's you don't highly want- individual. Okay. Yeah. 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 It so depends it's, it's, on the individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you like, from what I saw with Jason, like he he has a yeah. point to prove that he can do it on his own. Right. Right. You know, obviously he got hurt with his plate and stuff, but yeah. he won the red as the first moto and he crushed it. So yep. I just think it's highly individual. If you have the motivation and that fire to try and prove a point, I think you'll get it done regardless. Right. right. Who's a guy in the sport that 
you look at as being in phenomenal shape? Uh, I mean, to be honest, so when I was younger, there were certain guys like Brett Metcalf or like Tyler Rattray, yeah. Mike Brown, yeah. that were like pretty gnarly. Just animals, like, right? Yeah, yeah that were grinders. Right. But shoot, now, now it's like the field is so deep. And, you know, if you're training with like Swanee or um, Eldon, DV, DV Factory. Yeah, like all these guys are fit. Yeah, yeah. No one's really fading anymore. Right, right. Like, I mean, I, even for me, like, and my brother priding ourselves on our training program, mm-hmm. like, we don't have as much of an advantage we, as we used to. Yep. You know, like, even uh, the guys that are trained, like Drake and, and Hartraff and those guys, like, dude, they're all training. And yep. we're all doing a very, very similar programs. You know, the bike rides, the runs, the the gym sessions, and, yep. and doing our two thirty fives or sprints or whatever. The programs are all so similar nowadays. Yeah, yeah. That's why, like, you know, if you have the fire and the desire, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're on that. In my mind, that yeah. Elden program, because like the plan is out there. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not rocket what, science. Yeah, like, yeah, right. like literally, like we all kind of know what we're doing for right. the most part. Right. Are you doing less like, so red dog, uh, obviously I've known him for a long time near the end of his career at Cowie. He was doing way less than he, than in season than he used to do. Right. He's older. He needed the recovery time. He, he wouldn't ride as much, you know, this and that. Are, do you find that you're the same way? I feel like I no no. I mean, I'm, I'm 30 now, but I, yeah. I do have to keep grinding. Okay. You have to yeah. keep grinding yeah. at this, at this day and stage, if you want to be competitive, uh, you just have to keep freaking grinding. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so you're doing as much as ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah Red Dog was like, yeah, I just, you know, not, as I got older, I just didn't, you know, mm-hmm. didn't. And that, but there's there's two sides to that. You have to do your preseason work coming in. Yeah. But then once you're in the season, it is really about maintenance. Yeah. It's maintenance mode, recovery. Is more, right. There's more emphasis on recovery for sure. Right, right. Um, Alex Martin here on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by Maxis and Renthal, of course. Do you... Um, your brother let's talk about your brother a little bit so i can't i like jer okay he's a different guy than you for sure a couple things his 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 dealership talk about getting a job in a dealership like jer <laughs> i get it like you went and got a real job that's cool you also had a multi hundred thousand dollar contract in your back pocket for your whole career pretty much so you've like he keeps talking about this dealership, Amart, and I'm like, Jer, you had this whole security blanket. Like, I get it that you went to work, and you know, like, he's like, I don't. Can you? Can we get him to stop the dealership talk? Yeah. Well, I know it was for sure the first couple Supercross races. I'm like, if he mentions his dealership job one more time, I I'm might like, have to talk with him. But I'm like, bro, no dealership guy has a couple hundred thousand dollar contract every year, like in his back pocket. Yeah. Like, you, you know, you're a little different than that guy. Luckily, he stopped talking about it though. Like in Supercross, I haven't really. He heard brought it up this weekend. Did he really? Yes, he brought it up again oh, on, no. on, on the live podium. Have to have a talk with him. Yeah, then. yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean he's he's kind of a delusional character. So, um, just, but it was funny though because I mean, obviously, it's awesome. No, it's cool to see. But yeah. we get it, Jer. Yeah. No, and at that point in the recovery process, yeah. like he's he's living in Rochester. He bought a house in yep. Rochester, and he was going out to work at Jason Vase uh, dealership, <laughs> and he was just bored out of his freaking yeah, mind, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think he wanted to get a little taste of what like normal life is like. But like you said, when you have that that paycheck showing up every month. It's like, eh, there's definitely a safety net there for sure. Like, well, and never mind his past success of million dollars seasons, you know what I mean? For winning championships mm-hmm. and everything. So yeah, or like yeah. he doesn't have a mortgage, you know? Like, yeah. 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 That's, that's a huge right. thing there. But yeah. yeah, I mean, at least you got a little taste of normalcy. I mean, most of us, you know, won't ever haven't yeah. gotten to that yet, but 
um, yeah, he's, um, he's dramatic. Really cool to see him come back all the way. He's won three nationals now. That's as many as he won for Geico in the previous three years or two years or whatever he signed with them. Obviously, he missed a, a bunch of time with the injury. Really cool to see him back. I mean, he says he's not the same. I asked him this in the press conference. He said he was not. He's not 100%. He's not the old Jer. You know what I mean? And uh, But he's pretty damn close. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's cool. Um, I'm proud of him. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, even with him going 1-1, it was a little bit like, wow. Like, okay, it's right. he's got the red plate now. He has an 11-point lead. Came in four points down. Yep. So that was a big day for him, you know, and I think he's – we were talking about this morning over over breakfast. Like he's got to be on it. You know, Dylan's going to come out firing. Yeah, you know, yeah. after this, you know, Dylan's pissed. But yep. um, you know, I I had the privilege opportunity to during the quarantine. I went up to Minnesota. Uh-huh. And we did a local race together. And yeah, I, was I like, saw that. Yeah. You know what? If we don't even end up racing nationals, I'm like, I'm going to make this trip up to this road trip. Me and my practice mechanic Mike yeah. McQuillan. Just oh to man, say, Mike. Sure, I want to get to that. Yeah, I want to talk about yeah. Mike. Yeah. But just to say, like, if we don't even race outdoor nationals, at least I went to a local race and race little bro. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. it was actually over the weekend that should have been the pro national, yeah, July seventeenth, yeah. eighteenth, and um, it ended up being cool because I got went up there for two weeks and we we did the local race, but then we also trained together. Oh yeah. Um, but at that local race, he was freaking on point. Well, he that, was flawless. Yeah, but then he talked shit on you on Instagram about beating you. Yeah, so, it's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, facts are facts. Yeah, but you're like, come on, bro. I, me, though. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, you know, and yeah. like there were spectators there and stuff. And that was, in all fairness, I guess, like I had broken my um, scat. Uh, what's that? Sacrum. Oh, sacrum. Yeah. Yeah. So I that was my first legit week back on the bike yeah, yeah. from from Utah because the tailbone was pretty sore. So I had to take like three three four weeks yeah. off. Um, and he was at the time like he left Utah early. Yeah. Right. And oh he yeah. Went yeah. Back no, and, remember he was at the airport picking somebody up. Yeah. And he was actually leaving for. Yeah. <laughs> and he went right into moto. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I think when we did Millville, he's like, I got like seventeen forty minute motos in me. He goes, <laughs> and I'm like, I got zero. <laughs> you know, we're yeah, yeah. a big goose egg. Right. So like. For me, that was just like an opportunity to really like get jump, jump start the yeah. outdoor program, yeah. get into, right. get my butt into gear. And it for sure helped. I think just both of us racing yeah. and then practicing together kind of helped raise my level. Right. But I knew then and there, I was like, dude, this guy's he's, on point. He's, like, on he's coming in yeah. hot for sure. It's good to see. It's really cool to, yeah, just move that. It's cool to see like, uh, uh, just cause that was a pretty bad injury and you know what I mean? And it's great to see a guy like, yeah, just kind of make it back to where he was. Um, mm-hmm. He left Tomax, from what I understand. He's not at Tomax anymore. He he was at John, he was at Johnny O for a little bit. He uh, was with uh, that Dylan Turner guy. He, Jer jumps training programs, and I think he likes to keep it that way. I think he likes to keep it sort of mysterious. Do you do you agree with that? Yeah, I he doesn't think, really want to be around people. I don't think. Yeah, I just think it's a natural progression of like any kind of motocross racer. Like you know, we we train with Gary Bailey and then the Ronnie yeah. Tishner and Shannon Knight. Like you kind of train with all these guys and you form your own technique. Yeah, and, yeah. And even with training, like we turn pro. Like I've trained with Swanee and I've been at Carmichael's and yeah. now I can say Eldon and and now I'm with with uh, or T- Eldon and Tyla and yeah. now I train with John Wessling and yeah. Jerm has done the same thing with Tomax and you you get this like. When you've kind of had a taste of all the training programs, I think he's at the point in his career now where yeah. he's seen, he's what, done or seen it all. What works? Yep. And we learned a lot from Osho. You know, that yeah. was that was an awesome time, but it was also, it was painful. Osho <laughs> was know? gnarly, huh? Oh, yeah, he was gnarly. Like, I, yeah. I, I, that's all I hear about Johnny. And, yeah. uh, and Shimoda's not working with him anymore either. He probably ran Shimoda into the no, ground. No, Shimoda was training with Ward. Okay. Oh, Ward. I'm sorry. Jeff yeah. Ward, yeah. Uh, uh, yep, yep. Uh, I think he still oh, helps out with Joey Lawrence's. and the yeah, Lawrences. He's with yeah. the Lawrences. Yeah. Um, just grinding them into the ground. Oh, it was brutal. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There was, I remember one time at Unit, uh, Unidilla 20. 
fifteen. We did we raced Unadilla National on Saturday, and then we had a early flight back. Yeah. To and we did a um, Minnesota mountain bike series race Sunday. Okay. At, like literally the day after yeah, Unadilla yeah. National, and my brother got like third in the expert class. Oh yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like maybe top ten, like ninth or tenth, but. I mean, that for me, that was like the, the nail in the coffin. Like yeah. I, I ended up getting sick and kind of like run down <laughs> yeah, for yeah. the rest of the year. But Jeremy still won the title. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like the, the things that he could handle and the amount he could suffer. Yep. And John and I were talking about this the other day. Osho was like, it's scary. Really? It was oh, a little scary. Really, huh? How yeah. much he could do. Yeah. I mean, like he was doing like some of the climbs in California and the mountain bikes. He was right. like up there with like elite or professional like cyclists. Which is funny because he used to be out of shape as a kid, right? Why? But that was like 15 years ago. I know? know, but I'm just saying like he wouldn't think he would. He has something genetically in him, obviously. Oh, he right? does. His VO2. So, right. His VO2. I mean, I have a good VO2, but his is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, so genetically, like he for sure got the superior genetics of the family. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like a B, grade B. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> like they're still okay, but he for sure got, the, yeah. you know, the good genetics. But yeah. So, but going back to like, he's kind of had a taste of all these programs. Yeah. And I think now he's at a point where. He kind of knows what he needs. Yeah. You know, and yep. he's, I would say he's listening to his body more than ever. Yeah. Cause he, the recovery thing, right. The mm-hmm. injury, all that kind of stuff. Right. He's like, yep. he's listening to like what, what's yeah, going on. I mean, yeah. there's been times where, you know, we're down in Florida and I know like, you know, I can hear the guys over at Baker's factory riding or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, I'm doing my motos at Moto Sandbox and German's like, yep, I'm on the boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Taking the day off right, or whatever, right, right. you know? So, yeah. you know, there's a lot to be said about that. Right. Are you, um, um, well, uh, are you, do you regret or wish you could do a do-over with how things went at the end of the star deal, the extended star Yamaha with you and him? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely regrets yeah. about that. I mean, that was, I mean, you want to stay on that bike. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I just don't think we realized how good we had it yeah. you know, with that bike for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. and that engine. Um, but you know, the, I've, I've grown a lot as a person, yeah. you know, I learned a lot about test riding and and feedback to the Mm -hmm. team with tld and ktm that was a great experience and and even now with jgr like yeah yeah i definitely have regrets about the star thing but at the same time i've learned a lot and grown as a person yeah through the the other stuff that came about afterwards the uh the bikes were good though and that and they're they're probably better now Mm -hmm. right when you look at it that way so um yeah interesting to uh to hear you say that uh are you upset or angry at Adam for leaving you for Stu's house. This is, this is the latest gossip in the pits right yeah. now. Yeah, we had dinner last night and we were talking about it, actually. Oh, you were? Okay. Yeah, so and you, you and AC are fine. Yeah, you're, you're we're good. fine. We've, I mean, he's always been a Troll Train supporter. Yeah. yeah. I was never upset. I told him I was just bummed because <laughs> I was riding by myself. Yes. There was one week in Moto Sandbox where I rode four days by myself. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, dude. And I knew Adam was coming back the following from California yeah. the following Monday. So you I'm were like, like, I'm like, like yeah. My, my friend's coming. My training partner's sick. <laughs> and then he rode Monday. I didn't because I, I was actually coming back from millville yeah from the local race and um i was like i'm riding tuesday and i show up tuesday and he's he's not there and then i yeah i went and cue the sad music and i was just like oh man and then that's pretty much when i was like dude i gotta do something because i can't do another week of mowing by myself so that's when i went to m83 yep you know and started riding over there with the lawrences and and the husky boys is that a matter of just making a phone call or do you have to pay or like how does that work how does that work when a rider wants to go there or baggett's like baggett's been having guys over too right do you you do call do you offer payment how does that work uh i mean for me i just reached out to the guy that was in charge of you know m83 yeah. i guess um 
because they're they're pretty strict like there's only a certain amount of people that are allowed to ride yeah. over there i know yeah. with chad's neighbors it's been yeah. like tough right you know they were in like mike mcclellan actually was in like in court a lot yeah, yeah. Know, just trying yeah. to fight it and stuff so they're only allowed a certain amount of riders so um for me yeah i was just making yeah. a phone call to get over there so yeah i mean adam's thing is like you know to me i think he was he was hoping that i would pass it on to you <laughs> It's like I've ridden that sandbox since he was on Super Minis, and he just wanted to change. And I, you can understand that. You oh yeah, that. we've talked about it, right. and I get it. Yeah. You know, it's um, should I've been at like different places every couple of years. So I mean, right. to be at the same place for like ten years or something. So who the heck's that sandbox now, with Jason Baker? Yeah, that they're, they're. I think they're investing in their amateur program okay. a little bit more. Right. You know, I mean, I told Jason, I was like, that's that's going to be your bread and butter. Yeah, yeah. You know, down yeah. the line, like yeah. that's for us factory guys, two fifty or four fifty. We're we're kind of like almost living on borrowed time. Yeah. You know? yeah like yeah. who knows yeah. how long our careers yeah. are going to be. And it sucks for you to drive like to that. Dade city though. It's further for you. Yeah. I well actually there's, there's kind of a new thing popping up with Rattray. Oh, is there? Rattray oh, okay. has a facility. Oh boy. Now. So, okay. and, and Adam and I actually did some motos there uh, last where, week. Where is it? It's, it's a mile from Alden's. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. So I was like, all right, we've got another, yeah, yeah, another yeah. place that, in the mix now. Yeah, yeah. So we're kind of looking at, at right. possibly doing that. I mean, look, if you can, you got a chance to go ride with Stu, you got to take it. Mm-hmm. You got to take it. Stu. But Stu's not riding. It doesn't matter. He's there. The greatness <laughs> is there. The presence of Stu is there. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, how's Mikey? Uh, McEwen is your practice bike guy. You mentioned that. Uh, long time guy for Chad Reed, mm-hmm. among others. Uh, really good dude. How, how's he How's he doing? Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's been a blast. He's been my mechanic now for two years. Yep. Um, and yeah, I, I'm spoiled for sure yeah. to have him. You yeah. know, it's he worked with Chad for 10 years, and then he went over to Baker's Factory, and I think he helped out Marv and Jason and yeah. Tickle yeah. over there. So, I mean, he has a lot of experience, and he definitely he knows a thing or two. So um, it's been huge. Your race bike mechanic is Leroy, just a legend, mm-hmm. Leroy. Oh, grouchy, sometimes Lee. grouchy. Yeah, yeah. I love Lee. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. I don't know. I did it for 12 years, and uh, I don't know how guys like Leroy – or Goose. Goose isn't around anymore, but, you know, I don't know how these guys do it for as long as they do, Amar. I have no idea. Yeah, I know. I think it's just a, it's, a full commitment, dude. On, you know, on the lifestyle front. It's you know, so much work. A lot of living in hotels. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't envy those guys one bit, you know. Um, their diet ends up usually seems like it's like pizza. Pizza and hot dogs and burgers, you know. I know, right? Yeah, and, and, yeah. You want to talk about like, uh, yeah, your, your diet and your lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. And those guys work so hard, like it's just insane. So, yeah, I mean, like I saw, like J Bone was showing or putting up pictures on Instagram of the bikes for com- a complete frame by eleven o'clock. Yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, and we raced Friday. Right. So I was like, dang, you know, they were out there right bright and early, like already framing the bikes. Because that's like most people probably don't realize that the bikes are literally a frame after every race. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, especially outdoors. It's a, it's a lot of work to go through them mm-hmm. in outdoors. Um, what bugs you about the sport? What bugs you about? Um, I know we talked about a little bit the amateur stuff and all that, but what what else bugs you about the sport? What do you what would you wish you could fix? Uh, honestly, it bums. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Like, I don't like being a career 250 guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. I mean, and I don't get near as much heat to say like a Martin Davos, right, but like right. I would love to ride the 450. It's just, it sucks that it's so hard to get to a 450, to get a 450 ride. Right. Like I said, you have to literally win a 250 Supercross championship and be at least a top three guy outdoors. And that's, I mean, you have to do that for at least three years in a row. Yeah. And that's the only way you're getting a 450 ride. Well, Sexton got one, but that's an anomaly. He won, he won yeah. two Supercross championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and he was solid outdoors, basically. So... 
I just wish it wasn't so hard. I wish there was more 450 spots. You know, I wish there was like four to five 450 spots per factory. Yeah. And then maybe only like two or three 250 spots. Yeah. You know, yeah, I flip wish it, it was flip flip it a flop, bit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. like I said, like I, yeah, I, I'm 5'4", 135 pounds. So I ride the 250 well, but I don't necessarily want to be a lifetime 250 guy. Yeah. I would love to be a 450 guy. And I feel like I would do well on it, mm-hmm. but it just sucks that it's so freaking hard for little guys like us to yeah. get that 450 spot. Yeah. I, I would look, the 250 supercars class is completely broken. Like it is completely screwed up. McElrath just told us that the AMA and Feld came to him and said, Hey, we may keep you down for another year. We're going to look at some rules. We may change the rules. Is yeah, that yeah. Recent? yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, I heard oh this. My God. I heard this a week ago and a half ago and I asked Shane uh, on the press conference. So that's just further Dude, our just... argument about like, why would you invest in these, in these yeah. young kids year after year after year when you're going to keep McElrath? Yeah. You're going to keep Shane McElrath. Yeah. But, but it's completely broken. So how about this? Wide open, wide open 250 supercross class, whatever you want to do. If you have shitty years in 450s and you want to drop back down because you can get a 250 ride, go ahead. Like the elite kids will always get rides because they're elite. You yep. know, that, that is and how it'll work. You're, I mean, if you're you know, like Jet Lawrence, yeah. if, if you're really that good, you're, you're f- going to rise up and you're going to freaking animate. You're going to figure it out. Yeah, right. you're going to figure it out. And you're sure. going to get you're gonna get a ride. Mm-hmm. So don't even have these stupid pointing out rules. Don't even have people forced up into the class. Make it either one 250 Supercross class, all 17 rounds, which, I mean, I'm okay for that. I understand like the, 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 the debate about that is there'll be less jobs. Because, you know, why would Mitch Payton hire four guys if he can only hire two, right? I get that because 450 teams are doing that. So I'm not totally sold on all 17 250 Supercross rounds, but just eliminate all the bullshit point stuff. Man, that would be gnarly. Yeah. No, so another thing I was talking about to Adam about this last night, like I think this COVID has showed us that because if you look at the 450 class outdoors right now, it is the gnarliest, most depth it's I've good. seen yeah. in years. Yeah. And I think I it's think a about testament. about Roxanne and Webb aren't even there. Right. Yeah. But I think it's a testament to, okay, we had a break after Supercross. All these riders were allowed their injuries to heal. Yep. You know, and then, like, you came into outdoors and we had a full, yeah, full healthy prep. class. Yep. You know, versus just, like, top six or seven being factory guys. Yeah, yeah. No, so. the, the, it's a meat grinder, dude. But they'll never have less races. If they start having less races, okay, first of all, MX Sports and Feld will never let that happen. But let's say they magically did somehow have less races. The OEMs put pressure on them and they magically did. Well, you'd have all these other guys popping up with straight rhythm races and barrel races and uh, <laughs> and Paris and Geneva and Canada. Like, like mm-hmm. promoters will jump in there and fill up the calendar. You know what I mean? With any races that like, we've seen that already, right? Like, yeah. so you guys, you pro guys don't really get a break at all because everyone will just jump in there and have their own race. And then you're like, wait, wait, I thought we were supposed to be racing less. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, but, I don't really know the answer, it, but I do to think, me, uh, sorry, 14 supercrosses, 10 nationals, call it a day. That's, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I back to the age rule. If you look over in Europe, I mean, the, four, the MXGP class yeah. over there in Europe, it's insane. It's I mean, you yeah. top 15. I mean, you can have Koldenoff go 1-2 at, at Latvia, yeah. right? Yeah. And then next weekend, he's 12-13. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. it's insane. Yep. But then the 250 class, like, yeah, between Yago Geertz and uh, Vial. Tom Vial, like, yep. that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You kind of... I don't know what's on TKO this year. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Here, but yeah. yeah, he's, yeah. he's not kind of been where he was in prior right. years. But, yeah, right. for the most part, it's like... I don't know. Like, it, obviously, over here, 250, 450, yeah. you know, the fan base for both classes. I mean, that's the thing. They're both pro- – like, the 250 is a professional well, class. If you – as I've said many times before, if you're Geico Honda, if you're Geico, and they're leaving, I guess, which sucks, but that's just – I pulled that out of the air. There's no difference between 
Jeremy Martin and Eli Tomac as far as a sponsor. You're getting on TV. You're getting two motos. You're getting a post-race interview. You're getting all the acclimate acclaim that Eli Tomac is getting. There is no mm-hmm. difference. If you look at Formula uh, um, 3, you know, or the MotoGP, other classes, any s- support classes, Lesser Series, NASCAR is, is the lights, cl- the, the Bush Series or whatever. It used to be the Bush Series. They don't get the same coverage as the main class. They just don't. Mm-hmm. So that's why you want to be in the main class as a sponsor or as a rider. Right. But in our sport, it's treated exactly the same outside of purse money for two. One half the time, like the two fifty class has been so there's so much testosterone, right, and young rage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the battles are <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, you know, and I think also part of it is the two fifty bike itself. Yes, lends itself to like it's lighter. It's 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 almost as fast as the four fifty. Yeah, you can throw it around. You can get aggressive. Where the four fifty is a beast. Yeah, so it's hard to be like manhandling handling yeah. that thing for thirty five minutes. So yeah. like you see the racing in the two fifty class is more exciting a lot yeah. of times. Um. Safe to say for you, your destinations is your career highlight. <laughs> no, no, I mean for real. So, you pulled that out of nowhere. No, I'm, I'm wrapping this podcast up. That's where I'm going. Uh, um, so, like, is that your career career highlight? Uh, yeah, that was a that was a big moment. Yeah. for me. Yeah, um, that was cool just to be selected for destinations. I mean, I'm, I'm talking Puerto Rico, but no, I'm kidding. Yeah, Team USA, <laughs> majority Italy. No, yeah. that was awesome. I. Um, that's definitely something I'll cherish forever. Yeah. Part of Team USA. And yep. then, I mean, I mean, it sucks that, you know, we had Coop tip over with a few laps to uh, go. I mean, that's the last time the USA is podiumed. Yep. You yep. know, at, at the Disney Nations. That's crazy but, when, you think I mean, of, when you look at it that way. We were literally winning Disney Nations with like a lap or two to go. Yep. Not to make, you know, sorry, Coop, putting you yep. on the spot. But well, and Paul Lynn made a pass too on Searle that, that yeah, was okay. clutch. But too. I mean, yep. it was yep. like yep. we were looking good. Yes. We were looking good. So, um, no, for me, that was a really cool moment. Um, obviously, like winning Glen Helen, you know, for my first yep. overall, that was huge too. Yep. Um, Although you went 2 so. 2 for the win. Yeah. You know. Well, later on, we went 1 2 at Washougal for yeah. the win. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's. Yeah, that was a good year. You know, every national ferry ever won, he went 2-2. Really? Yeah, he's got like four or five national wins to his career, and he went 2-2 at every one. Were you his but mechanic? he's won motos. But he's won motos. Were you his mechanic? No. 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 That's probably why. We only won one moto with me as as, as mechanic. Um, uh, for you, I, you know, years ago I did that Racer X 11-10 mods story, and... Uh, it's unbelievable how far you've come since then. Like I, I remember you turning pro, uh, Alan Brown, you, you wrote for Alan Brown, my buddy there for a little bit. Um, I think your dad helped buy the ride a little bit, you know, chipped in some money. You weren't a hot amateur coming out of, I think so. No, I thought, no. I, I thought I remember that. No. Okay. I mean, he, my dad was in 2009. I was living in California yeah. and uh, my dad was basically just paying for like my living expenses okay. and stuff. Um, you, you, you never were a hot, acclaimed amateur kid, and to come all the way to what you've done, you've got to be pretty stoked with everything, with your, the way your career's turned out. Yeah, that's what's kind of funny, because 2009 to 14, 2014, yeah. I was more or less just... Just a guy. I was just a guy. Yeah. You know, I was a yeah. filler. Yeah. You know, like, it was... A good day was sixth, but yeah. it was normally, like, eighth to twelfth. Right, right. You know, that you got, was You got average. a Geico shot at at, uh, at the Millville. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I mean, that was like, well... This kid will have a factory bike for the first time and first and only time in his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. And that's why, like, I mean, the whole age thing with me, it's, it's not, I don't look at it as like, I'm an older guy. Cause like, I've only been on the factory team. This is, I guess is my fifth year. Yeah. You know? So I've, I'm relatively somewhat new in terms of that. Yep. Um, and I just feel like the first six or seven years of my career, I was kind of just going through the motions. Yeah. You know, I was trying. Were you still th- training as much? Cause you've always been into fitness. So I was training, you- but I just, I don't think I was really all in. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't all in. I never did any strength or conditioning. It was all just cardio. Yeah. And riding, obviously, a lot. But 
there was just a lot of pieces that I was missing and maybe not necessarily aware of and maybe not really wanting to like, that's the one thing with Osho. Um, we, we, Jeremy and I were more or less dipping into that pain cave every day, you know? And that's where it got, yeah. I, I embraced dipping into the pain cave. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was about <laughs> just like putting, like yeah. getting into the pain cave and just sitting there. Were you paying Osho or Jerry was, and you were able to tag on? Cause oh. I know, I know Phil said he didn't pay anything. I was the free benefactor. Okay. Yeah. Well, Phil yeah. was too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We, we had a fun little thing there, right, but right. that's where I like that in 2015, I embraced the suffer yep. and saw results come with that. Whereas like, I think before that I wasn't really, I wasn't doing the intervals. I wasn't okay. hammering yeah, the yeah. zone five. And once I realized like, okay, the, the harder I suffer, the results will come. Then, yep. then things yep. started clicking. It really opened your eyes to like, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of funny. Cause I, I, there were some guys that used to ride at club. And they told me how hard they worked and they trained and everything else. And I, I talked to Brayton one day. He was at club that time. And you were at club too, I think. At one point. Mm-hmm. And Brayton was like, those guys, they, they don't really, they think, that, you know, like if they go out for a little hour ride, basic bicycle ride, and they turn around. It, working hard is only as hard as you know, right? You're like it's only what you know until you get with somebody like Johnny O., yeah. Or someone like the, Bra- d- the delusional level in motocross is quite high. <laughs> Everyone's a legend in their own mind. Right. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. But I mean, if, yeah, some of those kids, if you think you're working hard, you know, come hang out with, I mean, yeah. that's like I said, the, at this, at the highest level, the program is kind of more or less out there, you know, whether it's Baker yeah. Tractor or Swanee, like yeah. we kind of all know what we're doing and we're all pushing hard and we're all suffering. Yeah. 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 Know? Yeah. And if you think you're, yeah, you think you're doing it. You're not. So, um, so yeah, it's a great career for you. Like you said, five years now, factory team and, and you know, a front runner of nationals and, 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 you know, supercross hasn't come as easy to you, but you certainly have done pretty well in that over the time. So yeah, I think, I think it's gone pretty well. Troll train and we got troll train name. We're embracing that Phil, we're Phil branding. Yeah. We're branding the troll train name after Phil said that you initially hated him for it. Uh, now he's taking credit for that. So, <laughs> you know, all of that. So, yeah. uh, thanks for doing this fly racing race Rex podcast with Alex Martin. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks Steve. Thanks for having me. It was fun thanks for listening to the fly racing steve mathis show don't forget to check out some of our past shows including motocross legends such as the bad boy rick johnson i looked down and my hand was junk i mean yeah. it was sitting over to the side the tendons were jerking in weird places and my biggest disappointment with danny store because that he never said sorry because danny and i were friends and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. 
it was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. Hey, 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 hey,